the Grave Plot Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And you have found your way, my friends, to episode one of Octoberama 2019. Uh, if you guys are new listeners, noobs. As in, you haven't been with us for at least a year. Uh, Octoberama is our annual celebration of uh, the the coming of fall and the Halloween season, um, all leading up to uh, a big final episode on Halloween, or not on Halloween, but our Halloween episode that's always Halloween-ish in date. Halloween films. Um Anyway, uh, but uh, every week we do a themed um, review, or two reviews, uh, as we usually do, but we, we, we do it every week, and we alternate between full episodes and mini-sodes, uh, wherein we just do two reviews. And this, since we did a full episode last week, this is a mini-sode for episode one, and you have found Week of the Vampire. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do that once we got to the, the movies themselves, but um, why wait? Yeah, this one actually is more aptly kind of Week of Dracula. Week of the Draculas. Because we did two movies that are based on Dracula. Fact. Yeah. So uh, what's up, Taylor? Oh, you know, the usual. Just October-ama-ing. Yep. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, it's been a while since I've seen you. No, it hasn't. <laughs> It's been, been less than a week. week. That's right. I guess tomorrow would be a week, wouldn't it? Yep. Well, what's any anything exciting in your life? Not really. Got the house to yourself. I do. Bachelor for a weekend or yeah. however long. Yeah, until uh, Tuesday. Oh, you're going to do so much blow and bank so many hookers. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Tool for that shit. <laughs> cool. Yep, yeah, just hanging out with the dog. <laughs> My dog. Just me and my dog. Uh, that's uh, what's left of my head cold that I've been dealing with all week, so that's cool. I've had an awesome week so far. That's disgusting. It is. You're disgusting. You know, it, it's weird because, like, usually when you have a head cold, even when you're congested, you're still blowing your nose and coughing up shit. But that hasn't happened yet. It's just been stuck in my head. Ugh, that's the worst. Yeah, it feels like my head is, like, like this fucking big right now. It, like that newfound glory video? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, I actually, I went home early from work on, um, I guess it was Wednesday, and then I just I stayed home on Thursday because I was feeling just fucking awful. But I'm bouncing back. I wanted to make sure I got any sicknesses out of the way before our trip. Sickness be gone! <laughs> Same with this uh, little tinge I'm getting in a tooth. Little, little tickle. Yeah, one. I, th- I think I might go see the dentist this week if I can. I don't know if there's anything wrong, but I want to, you know, nip it in the just bud. Just yank it right out. I'm pr- probably not going to do that. Just don't even worry about it. Just, just get rid of all. Just, just get you get it over with. <laughs> it's going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> I've already had fillings in this tooth, so I don't know what else there is that left to do. Like cap it. I mean, I guess, yeah, get a fucking root canal. Just what I need, another root canal. 
pretty much all of my molars is going to be hollow husks. You need that like you need a hole in the head. Because they would drill into your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd literally put a hole in your head. Yeah, yeah. But no, if I start having tooth pain while we're down in L.A. L.A. I'll, uh, uh, yeah. So. We need to figure out how we're going to record that episode. Yeah. we're supposed to record that weekend. I know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We're smart guys. Especially now that we're apparently supposed to live stream it for somebody. Mm. Um, all By right. the way, for those listening, uh, we are live streaming our Octoberama episodes on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash podcast if you want to get in on that as well as other exclusive content. Yes, sir. Uh, we do have a group of grave diggers on Patreon that help us uh, fund the show, keep things rolling. Um, rolling, 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 <laughs> like we did earlier. It's, 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 a, it's a tie-in. <laughs> um, it's a running joke. Yeah. Or a rolling joke. You think I can do this list without actually looking at it? Probably not. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like I say the same names in the same order every episode, and so it's just kind of like a, like a rhythm, but I don't remember where to start. <laughs> um, give me a minute. <laughs> no. Let's go. Come on. Just Kevin Nesgoda. Kevin Trent. Joshua Hodges, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts. Um, how many more do I have to go? I think just one. Just one? I said both Kevins. <laughs> I said Joshua, Aaron, Max, Carlos, Horror Addicts. Jordan Morrison. Jordan Morrison. Damn it. Well, th- thanks, Jordan. <laughs> you get extra thanks next week. I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> Just going to thank you even harder. <laughs> but no, you guys do. Your, your contributions mean a lot. Um, you do help us keep this thing going. Um, because, you know, while we don't have a lot of costs, uh, we do have some and, you know... Not all of it can necessarily come out of pocket. So, did you replace that little thing? The little, you know, little thing. That little thing. <laughs> that little guy. Yeah. Why? You did replace him? Oh no, I got a. Well, I think it was the uh, the adapter, not the splitter. Oh, did you replace that? I replaced the, da- the adapter. Yeah. Sweet. You guys paid for a new adapter. Thanks. No, no, no. It was one I already had. Oh, you guys didn't pay for shit. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Well, they'll pay for something along the lines. They almost paid for me to watch Dracula 2000 today. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, yeah. So we did uh, Dracula 2000 and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Taylor, which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Bram Stoker. Here occurred the frightening and shocking history of Prince Dracula and the woman he loved. I have crossed oceans of time to find you. Yeah, Dracul. There's a sinister, darker side to him. I find irresistible. Met any man with such a passion for life. He is unlike any man. 
What are you? Vampires do exist. This one we fight, this one we face. Can take on many forms. He is both young and old. He can appear as mist, as vapor, as the fog. And he can vanish at will. The power of his evil desire has no end. You've got to go to him. You've got to love him. She is a willing recruit and devoted disciple. She is the devil's concubine. Join me in eternal life. Your salvation is his destruction. I want to be what you are. I want to see what you see. I want to love what you love. It's taking me away from all this death. mistake. He must be stopped. Oh, hey, Taylor. Yes, sir. Uh, I did the thing, so we're good. Oh, thank God. I meant to ask you. But you didn't. I, I didn't. You this, didn't do this the is the problem. Is I don't. I never remember to make you do the one thing that you have to do. <laughs> so it's my fault, clearly. No, I did it right away. As soon as I got everything set up and connected, I said, "Okay, do the thing," <laughs> and now it's good. Cheese was right. You need to just put a sticky note that just says "Do the thing." Yeah, but this thing's been here forever, and I still don't read it. It says, "Have a great day." What's you know what's left of life? Uh, it actually says, "Heart, Kristen." But, you know. Anyway, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. You know. You know him. Ever heard of The Godfather? Or Jack? <laughs> Starring Robin Williams? <laughs> or Coppola Wineries? Or, or Vineyards, or whatever it is? Or Nicolas Cage? Yeah, ever heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> or Jason Schwartzman, apparently? Also his nephew, unbeknownst to me. They didn't check with me before they, they signed off on that. Uh, let's see. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, this came out in 1992. <clears throat> uh, really kind of an all-star cast. Um, I mean, you had just a lot of people that were really kind of coming up in Hollywood at the time. Um, I mean, you had Gary Oldman playing Dracula. Uh, for starters, who, you know, he'd, he'd kind of been around for, yeah, I don't know, maybe five or so years as far as, you know, popular roles at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Winona Ryder, who was obviously kind of making her way up since the 80s. Um, Anthony Hopkins and uh, Keanu Reeves, which was just the most random fucking casting. You know, I was going to talk about this later, but I guess since we're already on the topic now. A lot of actors, even real famous ones and real well-known ones, can disappear into a role. Like Brad Pitt, 
Tyler Durden, he just became that character, mm-hmm. you know. Gary Oldman, he just becomes whatever character. Keanu Reeves always comes across as Keanu Reeves playing somebody else. <laughs> yes. Absolutely does. Even in John Wick. Even in Bill and Ted, when he played himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, I think everybody thought, it's like, oh, well, he's just playing this, like, you know, San Gabriel Valley, you know, kid who's in, in the 80s. I mean, that's that's how they all were. Um, but, uh, you know. It's the Demon's High School Football Rules. <laughs> but then he did, like, Point Break, and people were like, okay, so he played a similar character. Yeah, okay, he's a surfer. <laughs> But then he did things like Dracula. And he went, wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> um, and then he was in the Matrix. And people were like, are we Are we sure this is still the same guy? <laughs> <laughs> but now he's doing John Wick, man. And seriously, some of his best movies. You haven't seen any of them, have you? No. Fuck, dude. You got to get around to that. I know like he's like hot shit in Hollywood now. And like everybody loves him. And by all accounts, he's like a super nice guy and everything. But... He, just and I'm not saying he's a bad actor. He just always looks like Keanu Reeves playing a character. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is it possible to be a decent actor but not emote well, or do those <laughs> kind of go hand in hand? I, I they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Because I mean, that's what I would say about him is that he, you know, hits his lines. He he does you know facial expressions fairly well. Um, and you know, he, he sells his role, you know, physically, I mean, I can't really think of any roles that have a lot of emotional depth, um, of, of, of his, but, you know, I, he, he, I mean, this one to an extent, yeah, I suppose, I don't know. He, I remember when we went and saw this at Mopop and that was like when they went through the, the fire on the way to the castle and I just leaned over to you and was like. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, but yeah, so great cast. Oh, uh Carrie Yules. Um Yeah, oh uh, Tom Waits, because why <laughs> why not? He oh he did play a really good fucking Renfield though. He did, yeah. He played crazy very well. Um anyway, so in my opinion, as somebody who's read Dracula, like the novel, uh, got about six times in my life. I have to attest that this is the most faithful adapt or ad- adaptation that I've seen. Uh, I mean, this is in- including you know Bella Lugosi. Holy shit! The little kid at the end that's hawking the newspapers. Okay, that's Daniel Newman from The Walking Dead. Daniel Newman, the ginger guy. He follows us on Twitter. <laughs> Why can't I place him? I don't know. Why can't you? Um, all right. Well, you know, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah. Good for him. <laughs> Isn't he dead? I'm pretty yeah. sure like everybody's dead on Walking Dead. Oh, I was like, the actor? Like everybody except for like Daryl and Michonne. I'm pretty sure all dead. What the fuck is he calling me for? I I don't know. Uh, hello. Yo. What what's up, Silas? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Recording. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, we are. You're on the episode right now. <laughs> well, let me plug all my stuff. 
<laughs> All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> hang up, hang up, hang up. <laughs> Are you really, you're really recording? Yeah. Oh, man, sorry. Um, I can let you go. All right, give me a call back when you're done. Um, I was uh, just seeing if you wanted to help uh, help out on a, on a short film that one of my friends is doing. Uh, they asked me if I knew anybody that could do that. I don't know where we left off before Silas so rudely interrupted us. <laughs> <clears throat> um, anyway, so I think I was saying like this is the most faithful adapt- adaptation I've seen. Um, uh, I mean, this is including everything. You know, people are so um, devout for like the Universal with, you know, um, Bela Lugosi or the Hammer films with um, um, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee, thank you. Um, and then, you know, there's Frank Langella, um who did a you know, good job too, and but as this, Skeletor, <laughs> yeah, he was fucking boss of Skeletor. <laughs> but uh, no, as far as like retelling a faithful version of the of the novel, this is it. I think um, the only thing it adds in um, is this opening scene where we're in fourteen sixty two. Um, in, uh, I guess it's early, like Hungary before it was really hungry. Um, or Romania, was it Romania? Shit. I don't remember. Um, but I mean, I think it's kind of modern day Transylvania. I, I would guess. Um, I received Vlad Dracul, who's, uh, who's actually the inspiration was Bram Stoker's inspiration for the character of Count Dracula. Um, he is, you know, a, a warlord prince uh, who has, you know, taken on the Turks, um, and he goes off to war, leaving his uh, his wife Elizabeth, so uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, yep. it's like it's like Elizabeth, but in, just in beta still. <laughs> uh, who's played by Winona Ryder? So you you. A few people playing multiple roles in this, namely Winona Ryder and Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, um, he goes off to war, and somebody tells her, or she receives a, a letter that he dies in battle. She's so distraught, can't possibly go on, so she jumps from the tower of the castle into the riverbed below, um, and he comes back from from war. Uh, you know anxious to see his wife and finds out that she's dead. And also the, the priests there um, are telling him that because she committed suicide, she is not worthy to enter heaven. Um, and so her soul is damned for eternity. And so that's when he kind of loses his shit and starts fucking flipping out in the church, just throwing shit over. It's like, fuck this, fuck that. <laughs> fuck <they>. you. <laughs> You're cool. And he pulls out his sword and stabs the big cross, which is apparently full of blood. And this whole time he's wearing this boss ass fucking armor. It's fucking dope. It looks like a it looks like um like muscle Yeah, like muscle fibers. Yeah. Um, but in, you know, plated armor form. And then the the helmet is like a wolf head. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Um I remember I was looking at just like cosplay people, like it uh, must have been like pictures from some come like a comic con or something, uh, and a guy completely constructed that suit of armor and was just wearing it around. Damn, fucking awesome. <laughs> um, he um, 
Yeah, so he jabs his sword into this cross, which starts bleeding. I have to assume it's symbolic, because I don't think crosses just bleed. And what a weird place to keep blood. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it was the... At the time, it was very important that they keep their blood in a cross. <laughs> For safekeeping. For safekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then when he stabs it, they're like, oh, we needed that. Oh, our blood. What are we going to do? But he grabs this goblet. Keith Richards needs another transfusion. Because <laughs> he was alive even then. Right. Keith Richards is immortal. Yeah. He's, he's forever. He's forever. He's eternity. <laughs> um. He uh, grabs this uh, goblet and fills it up with the blood and drinks from it and says that he forsakes Christ and you know forsakes everything Christian. They should just have like some random guy in the background going, Ugh. <laughs> he drank it? Ugh. <laughs> oh, Dude, that's blood. <laughs> Does he know that's blood? Um, and... Uh, yeah, and so he says that he's going to uh, rise from the grave and uh, avenge his fallen or his dead wife against who? I'm not sure. I mean, she killed yeah, herself. She committed suicide. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, so then we jump forward about 200-ish years. No, sorry, 400-ish years. And we're in a real estate office. Um, which is much different than the real estate offices you see nowadays. So I feel like realtor used to be a much more, um, uh, not respected, um, dignified, dignified. Thank you. Instead of, you know, guys walking around in bad jackets with spinning signs, right? <laughs> Putting out, uh, you know, cookies and refreshments. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so we're in a real estate or a realtor office uh, where Jonathan Harker is being spoken to by his uh, by his boss, um, saying that you know this is a big step for you. We want to give you this client from your colleague uh, Renfield, who's you know fallen under the weather. Um, it's a uh, an eccentric client named Count Dracula who wants to buy property here in London. Oh, it takes place in this is this is England, London, London town, England, London. <laughs> and then Jonathan Harker is like, excellent. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, so he says, "Yo, you have to go." He off. doesn't say yo, huh? He doesn't say yo. What? He doesn't say yo. <laughs> did I say yo? You, yeah, I don't think I did. He said, "He said, yo, you have to go off." <laughs> okay. <laughs> He said, you have to go to Transylvania, did, and um, <laughs> did, <laughs> and meet Count Dracula to discuss this business. And he, he's very insistent that you come to see him to finalize the papers and uh, sign the deal for this uh, property called Carfax Abbey. So he um, takes off to Transylvania, saying goodbye to his wife, Mina. Um, who's also played by Winona Ryder, um, says, it's okay. It's okay, Mina. Beb? It's okay, Beb. <laughs> when I get back from Transylvania. <laughs> I did a little hair toss. Yeah, people on the podcast won't hear, won't, won't hear that. But When I get back from Transylvania, we'll be married. 
did, <laughs> babe. Um, and she's like, give no. my love to the princesses. <laughs> and she's like, you know, don't leave me because I feel like something bad is going to happen. He's like, it's going to be fine. Just chill. Chill, chill the fuck out. <laughs> and he just like face palms her and, and gets on the train. <laughs> um, and he could just take a train from London to Transylvania. How about that? How about that? Technology. <laughs> um, he, uh, so he arrives in Transylvania where he's taken to, um, he's taken like part of the way in a carriage with a bunch of gypsies who say, hey, you know, be careful. I don't go down that road. <laughs> what? Like, don't go down that <laughs> don't road. Don't go down that road. <laughs> and they give him a cross saying, you'll need this for protection. Um, they take off. And then along comes this fucking creepy looking carriage, uh, which I probably wouldn't get in. It's like, like if the Haunted Mansion had a carriage in it, yeah. it would look like this carriage. Or like the one out front without the glass coffin in it. Or yeah. without the coffin in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you got it. Um, and this is like such a simple effect, but it looked so cool on screen. It's this carriage driver like reaches out and like, the picture pans off of him, but his hand just keeps reaching to like an impossible length. <laughs> like his arm must have grown like 10 feet long and grabs him and just scuttles him off into the carriage and takes off up to Dracula's castle, which is like deep in the Carpathian mountains. Um, And uh, yeah, that's when he meets this Count Dracula, who is an old man, decrepit, like Older than time itself. Um, and with crazy hair. Yeah, he's got like these two big buns on his on his head with a really long ponytail. And uh says, welcome to my castle. I am Count Dracula. I'm also Gary Oldman. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. <laughs> now like I think up until this point. Up until the, this movie came out, we always had this image of Count Dracula being like Bela Lugosi, you know, the big standing collar cape, and you know the the widow's peak, the widow's peak, and you know the red sash and all this eccentric shit. But um, and even still, that kind of look continued on with Christopher Lee and Frank Langella and. and in other portrayals of Dracula, this I'm this you didn't wear your Dracula shirt. What? I'm surprised you didn't wear your Dracula shirt. I think it's still dirty from when they wore it to the Mopop. Um, but uh, this is uh, a look that is more in line with what's described in the book. Um, you know, a, a decrepit old man. Um, you know, wearing robes. He's actually supposed to have a mustache, which he has when he's younger. But he, you know, whatever. Trying to picture that, it just it, it, it's just creepy. It makes it's it even creepier. Right? <laughs> One thing that is never portrayed in any of the other adaptations is his hairy palms, because you know he's jagging. He's off. just jerking off he's, constantly. He's in the castle by himself for hundreds of years. You know, what else you to do? Sometimes you got to have a little self love or self abuse, depending on the day. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, but the way he looks is. Uh, 
really fucking glamorous. Like the co- the costume design in this film actually won an Academy Award. So I mean, if you haven't seen this already, you can kind of get an idea that this the, the costume in this is amazing. Um, but he's wearing like this long um, red robe that actually trails out probably like fifteen feet, like a like a um, train on a wedding dress or something. Yeah. But you know, he says, "Welcome to my castle. I'm Count Dracula," and um, and uh, you know, things are just weird right off the bat. Uh, he's sitting at at dinner, or uh, um, Parker's sitting at dinner eating, and you can see by the candlelight that this shadow is approaching him and trying to move in to strangle him. But then from the side of the of the frame comes Dracula himself, and like so, he's like disconnected from his. Shadow like fucking Peter, Peter Pan. Pan. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a lot of lot of uh, shadow play in this movie. Yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff. I think it was important to do that kind of stuff um, because you know everybody knows the story of Dracula more or less. So it's important, I think, to display all the. Uh, strange little like undertone things about Dracula that make him such a, a peculiar person, even before you really find out who he is or before the characters do, I should say. Um, but uh, yeah, so he says that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're here. I want you to help me, you know, um, finalize these deals with my property in London. Uh, and I require that you stay here no less than, was it, is it, Three months? That sounds right, yeah. Um, and is it just me, or was it weird that he didn't seem to react much to that? It's like, three months? Well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what I got to do. It's like, usually you just sign the stuff and I leave. Like, yeah. I'm here three hours, maybe. <laughs> be like, I got shit going on. I got an appointment in two days. Uh, I got an old lady at home. <laughs> She's going to be all, like, up my butt about this whole thing. <laughs> I told her we got a week, maybe. <laughs> um, so, uh, back in London, we're kind of catching up with uh, the, the lives of Mina, uh, who, while Jonathan is gone, she's staying with her friend Lucy Westendra, um, who is, like, she's a very popular lady (laughs) she has many suitors which you know some i'm kind of i meant to i was intending to talk about this later but when we saw this at the mopop um you know uh heather marie bartels who is a friend of ours and also a um i guess she doesn't podcast but she she hosts events yeah um but uh she was She was explaining this movie as being a very important piece in queer culture, which I didn't really get. Like, even after she kind of gave, like, her rationale behind it, I still didn't really, it didn't really track with me. Yeah, like, even as I'm watching it, I'm trying to pick up on the things that she talked about. I'm like, I'm not getting this. Yeah. I mean, there's instances of kind of lesbianism kind of throughout, I mean, with Mina and Lucy and sort of with, with, with the Brides of Dracula which we'll, I'll mention later. Um, and um, but that, that's really it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I know that 
gay and lesbian. That's not necessarily queer, but um, I, I just I don't really get it. Yeah, and maybe that's just me from yeah, it's probably being just, me just our know? ignorance, but um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really follow, but also she she one thing she did talk about that was I, I guess I never really acknowledged. Um, was Lucy, Lucy being um, kind of ahead of her time as far as her, um, you know, her personality and her, you know, her sexual appetites and um, her kind of her openness with it, where, you know, nowadays, by and large, there isn't as much slut shaming going on as there may have been 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, there's still, it still happens sure. a lot, but, you know, this is kind of something that Lucy demonstrates as being, you know, having several suitors who she's very open about being sexually active with, um, that, uh, is not something that was very proper back then, but nowadays it's like, we look at that and it's like, I don't, what, what's the deal? Yeah. She <laughs> likes to date. Yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> and it's like. Even if she she was pretty open about the fact that she's having sex with all of them, but even if she wasn't, that would still be frowned upon by her just kind of dating all these various men. Yeah. That's because they wanted people to get married when they were like fucking 14. Yeah. You know, it's like find find that one, even if he's like 20 years older than you. Yeah. And settle down and have Or find children. a one. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Or let your parents find him for you. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and anyway, but... So Lucy, she's a very undersold character in a lot of adaptations. This one really played her up as kind of a um kind of an outlier as far as with these, you know, uptight 19th century Brits, you know. Mhm. Um But anyway, she's you know explaining about all these suitors, she's kind of, you know, trying to decide on one to marry. One's like a, a cowboy from Texas and the other's a um one's a doctor and one is just he's just rich, right? Like I think so. Yeah. Kind of like a lord or something. Um but uh let's see. What's the next important thing I should talk about? <laughs> uh so <clears throat> Back in Transylvania, you know, Harker, he's starting to become more and more suspicious of Dracula and the whole castle and all the weird shit that happens. You know, he's talking about the Blue Inferno <laughs> and, you know, all the wolves that are howling every night and just uh, all the weird shit, like fucking Dracula comes up behind him and he doesn't cast a reflection in the mirror, obviously, so he's just kind of there suddenly and he's like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see you there. Um, and he starts shaving him. Uh, and Or like shaving his face. And he cuts him. And then licks the blade, blood off the blade. Which Harker doesn't see. But I mean, there's just a lot of weird shit going on. Well, yeah. If I was like, if we're at the Airbnb next month. And the dude comes up in the bathroom and starts shaving me from behind. I'm be like, "Did you not do that? I can do that myself. Thank you." No, 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 no. It's not part of your hosting duties. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
But yeah, he's just being a weird fucking guy. Just a lot of crazy shit going on. He's a creep. And, um, but even though it, it strikes me as funny that Harker has taken this long, you know, presumably weeks, uh, to actually mention anything, he's just kind of up to this point been like, huh, that's weird. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's really <clears throat> fucking weird. Like, uh, you know, shadows moving on their own. Like, surely you've noticed that by now. And, you know, the blue flames that he rode through when he was coming through the gates, I probably would have said something right off the bat. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he... Uh, yeah, so, so he's uh, been uh, instructed not to go to certain parts of the castle. But, of course, he does anyway, because he's basically trapped there, and he wants to find out what the fuck is going on, especially after he sees Dracula crawling up the wall. Which, you know, again, he doesn't seem to react appropriately to that. Yeah. Like, dude's fucking Spider-Manning outside, outside yeah. your bedroom window, and you're just like, weird. Yeah, I think when we were watching this in Mopop, we both of us leaned over. It's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, I would stick my head out the window and be like, you good? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's neat. How you doing that? <laughs> um, He wanders into this den... Uh, of these these gorgeous topless women, one of which is Monica Bellucci, who I don't know if she was just like not really popular in the U.S. yet, but it's like it's fucking Monica Bellucci, and she's just playing this rando role. <laughs> um, but uh, they kind of pull him onto this bed, which is like I don't know, it's like a living room that's just a big bed, which is awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, I might, might convert my living room into just a big old bed. Fuck yeah. I don't get wrestling matches on it. <laughs> Should I make it a water bed so you just walk around like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that sounds terrible. <laughs> or I can make it like a bounce house. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, wife. <laughs> we're we're going to convert our living room into a bounce house. yes why wouldn't I want to put the dogs in the bounce house they would have no idea what's going on I thought the mics pick it up but her response was no (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway but yeah they just start seducing him and you know lay you down (laughs) fine and start, you know, kind of tearing open his clothes and S and that D. And I believe the phrase is menage a trois. I mean, yeah, that's that's one of the th- ways to say that. Um, actually, there's four of them because there's three brides. So it's a menage a trois. Yeah. Menage a cinq is five. It's quoi? Menage a quoi? Huh? Cat? Oh, well, there we go. Cat. Um, Men- menage a cat. That's when you have sex with a cat. <laughs> uh, but that's when Dracula comes in and he's like, uh, you know, hey, get away from him, you, you dirty girls. <laughs> 
Um, and that's that's what he just starts. Parker, he just starts screaming because you know, what else can you do at that point? It's like my life has gotten so weird. I don't know what else to do other than just scream. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah. It's like I don't know what else to say. Ah! <laughs> it's like when he's on top of the phone booth. It's like that kind of scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Whoa! But the deal on Carfax Abbey has been completed, so he uh, charters a ship to take him back to um, take him back to England, London, London, London town, as it were. And this is on the ship Demeter. And in the book, it's told from the the logs of the captain, like the 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 narrative of the book shifts to shifts to uh, the captain's log. Uh, and it's told, you know, obviously in notes, which kind of somewhat is in this, but for some reason, Anthony Hopkins is narrating. He, I mean, he's not playing his primary character. He's playing the captain of the, 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 uh, Demeter, um, and saying that, you know, his men are slowly disappearing. Everybody's, or you'll get people are getting sick. People are disappearing. Um, and you know, we have no idea what we're carrying, um, but you know it's something nefarious. Yeah, something evil. Um, but it's of course Dracula. He's traveling around, or he's he's sitting in a big crate of earth that was taken from the the uh, foundation of the castle. Um, because this is something I've never really understood about vampire lore or Dracula in particular is he has to be surrounded with earth from his home. I don't know why, but that's something that's always been really constant about a lot of iterations about Dracula is he's just got to like sleep, like even in, in his coffin, when he does sleep in a coffin, he's always got earth from, from his home inside of it. Um, and, uh, so he breaks out and he turns into this wolf creature and starts feeding on the crew of the Demeter and, and um when he arrives in England, uh the Demeter actually runs ashore um because the entire crew is found dead or missing and there is one I think it was I don't know if it was the captain or just a random crewman that was lashed to the to the wheel with ropes, um which is something we see in a lot of iterations of Dracula which I always thought was nice because it's such a minor detail, but they always represent that. Like, yeah. Like a uh, thing like uh, even like Nosferatu or, um, or Dracula 2000, when they kind of re established that story, did something similar. Anyway. Um, so we get, uh, and he, when, when he arrives at um, Carfax Abbey, he breaks out of this crate that he's been shipped in. Um, and he's young, you know, he's a young man now, uh, obviously feeding off the life force of the crew. And that's when he starts stalking Mina, who is just kind of going about her day. She's a very strong woman. She's not, um, inherently, you know, a, a damsel in distress. She, she's very, 
uh, self self assured herself. That's redundant. <laughs> <laughs> she's 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 a strong, powerful nineteenth century woman. You know, she don't need no man. Nah. Although she is pining for Jonathan to come back. But that's when uh, Prince Vlad approaches her and starts showing her a whole new world. A new fantastic point of view. Of a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, one night in kind of a, a, a haze he comes to um, Lucy's home and tempts her out into the garden. And he's... There's a girl in the garden. Uh, and he, he, he takes the form of, of this wolf creature again, and he's just giving it to her. Just the high, hard one. And then, and then Mina sees it, and she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, no, 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 don't, I don't want you to see me like this, begging your friend as a wolf. That's weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I know it's weird, but I don't want you to see me. So, um, yeah. That's, but that's kind of like the first step of him slowly changing Lucy into kind of a, a, a new bride, basically. Um... God, this is such a long movie, and they're so detailed, so I'm really trying to sum it up. We're already running long on this one. Yeah, we are. Um, Harker, he's back. He's being, like, literally sucked of his life force. You know, he's being... His blood is being drained by these brides on a daily basis. Um, they're and, storing it in a giant cross. Right. As you do. As you do. <laughs> and he's, he's seriously... He's literally turning into an old man. His hair is graying. He's starting to become, you know, start, starting to look aged. And he just realizes that he has to escape with this castle. I never put that together. What? I was like, why is Harker the only one that looks like he's getting older? Oh. <laughs> never put it together. That's why. But he's like, dude, I gotta get out of here now, or I'm never gonna get out of here, dude. <laughs> um, so he makes like his great escape away from, or out of the castle, um, and back in in London, you know, Dracula's starting to kind of make his moves on on Mina, um, kind of you know, charming her as this prince. And, um, you know, obviously using his hypnotism or, you know, his, his, his trance abilities to kind of bring her to his, to his side. Um, yeah. But I mean, so we have these characters, the, the three suitors of, uh, Lucy, um, is, uh, Quincy Morris, Dr. Seward and Arthur Holmwood, um, and who are, Wesley, huh? And Wesley, Wesley, Carrie. Oh, right. Um, the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> so they're starting to get concerned because Lucy is becoming more and more. Um, I don't know. She's 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 very ill. I mean, she's very um, pasty white. Um, she seems to be getting ill, and. Uh, Seems like she's having starting to have a craving for blood, which nobody finds 
terribly strange. She's just really parched, <laughs> and she'll just take what she can get. Um, so Dr. Seward uh, calls on his former mentor, uh, Dr. Abraham Van Helsing, who's played brilliantly by Anthony Hopkins. Um, Again, that's redundant. It's Anthony Hopkins. Everything he does is fucking brilliant. Sure, yeah. Guy's a fucking legend. <laughs> and um, he's played differently in this than a lot of adaptations portray him. He's a very... Very different than Hugh Jackman's take. Sure, yeah. <laughs> he's not as much of an action star. <laughs> you know, he doesn't do... He doesn't, you know, do as much karate. <laughs> yeah, this is much closer to Mel Brooks. <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, Mel Brooks's legendary portrayal of Van Helsing. But no, I mean, you think of somebody like like, like Peter Cushing, uh, who played him as a very straight-laced, serious doctor. Um, you know, Van Helsing was much more of a party guy. You know, he's, <laughs> he's a wild and crazy guy. And... You know, he, he liked to drink, he liked to have fun, he liked to fuck with people's heads. Smoke a fat doobie. <laughs> right. And he's just like, oh yeah, she's a vampire. I mean, duh. You guys called me all the way out here for this? <laughs> he's like, she wants blood. So, you know, we have to give her blood. And everybody's like, uh? Do you have a giant cross anywhere? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Those are usually filled with blood. I mean, typically. Um but she's kind of slowly degrading into just straight vampirism. Um, and just as uh, Count Dracula is starting to get like his, his claws into, into Mina, she gets word that Harker is in a Hungarian monastery recovering, or um, is that a monastery? Recovering from, from injuries um, and, and a sickness. So she goes to Hungary to be with him, and they're married immediately. Um, I think it's because he kind of suspects that that might foil the Count's plans. Because at this point, he's pretty much picked up on what's going on. Um, and so he, uh, once they're married, they return to England together, and they start devising a plan to um, fight Dracula. Because at this point, Van Helsing's kind of figured out what's going on. Lucy has turned into just plain old vampire. Um, and actually, yeah, she she dies, and they have a funeral for her, and that's when she comes back to life. And like he, Van Helsing's trying to convince uh, 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 Maura Seward in Homewood of what she is, and he says, "Okay, well here we go. We're going down into her her crypt her tomb, yeah, and." We'll, we'll wait. You know, they, they wait around and eventually she comes back down and she's uh, got a child with her, uh, like a small baby. And she's obviously going to feed off of it. So that's when they realize that she's a monster. They have to kill her. Um, so they, they coax her back into her coffin with a cross and then chop off her head. Or actually, they put a stake through her heart and then chop off her head. As you do. Sure. Because, you know, vampires. Common practice. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Dracula's plans just kind of start to go to shit because everybody's starting to team up. Um, 
you know, Harker gets back, and then Ben Helsing's like, hey, we should team up. And they start the Carfax Abbey Avengers, and they go to war. They go into Carfax Abbey. They burn the, the place down. They destroy all his crates of soil. So now Dracula really has no choice but to go back to his home so he can try and recover because his age is fading um, or his youth is fading um, and he's becoming weaker um, and his hold on, on Mina is starting to fade to an extent. But at this point, Mina has been pretty well tranced into being just completely enamored with him. So she's kind of on his side, but they use that to their advantage because she's also kind of mentally linked to him at this point. So they use her to track him back to Transylvania where this really, you know, if you've, if you've read the book up to this point, it's all been pretty exciting. You know, it's all, it starts off slow, but it starts to really build towards all this tension. It's like, okay, everybody's starting to figure out what's going on. How are they going to defeat Dracula? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they finally get back to Transylvania and it ends in the stagecoach chase um, where there's really no final battle. Like they just hunt Dracula down and slay him. And he, he dies. He crawls into this original church where he um, originally, you know, gave up his religion. Humanity. You know, yeah, yeah he, he swore off of God and, um, and dies, you know, in, in Mina's arms. Days, days, days. Uh, and then it kind of everything um, starts to kind of slowly go back to normal. Um, oh wait, I guess that's actually there. There is somewhat of a, an epilogue in the book, but I guess in the movie there really isn't. That's kind of where it ends because Mina. You know, even even though he's dying, she's still in love with him, so she decapitates him. Packetates. The packetates. And um that's kind of it. Just it sort of ends there. Yeah. So uh, you know, after that long, long explanation, what do you think, Taylor? I it, it's a damn good movie. Um yeah, like you said, for being like a final boss, he <laughs> final boss. he really is defeated fairly easily. But yeah. I mean, like, you know, you look at Nosferatu also, um, it's, he's defeated by love. Basically he's, his own vulnerability is what ultimately is his downfall. Yeah. Which I think we can all relate to. Sure. <laughs> Pining for lost love. Um, yeah, there, um, <clears throat> it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a, uh, an indication of how differently stories were told back in, you know, the late. 1800s yeah early 1900s to where it wasn't this action-packed you know adventure necessarily thrill ride yeah it's just like yeah we chased him back to his homeland where he was trying to recuperate and we slayed him that that's the end yeah (laughs) um so i guess for our 20th slash 21st century mentality it's not quite as action-packed as we might expect like might want but you know it's it's uh an honorable ending to a very lengthy story i think yeah um the story itself i mean if you haven't read dracula if you're a reader at all um i highly recommend it it's 
it's a great piece of work. Um, it's written in, um, you know, uh, a very old style of English. Um, and it's hard to follow sometimes, but, um, I definitely think it's worth the read, but I don't know. The story itself is just art and what it's inspired since it, since its inception. I mean, the story, um, has inspired, I mean, obviously different versions of Dracula, but also multiple vampire stories, new legends and, and myths have, have come out since basically Bram Stoker created the modern day vampire breakfast cereals, sure. Muppets. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Thoughts. I mean, like I said, like the, the acting is incredible, except for Keanu Reeves. Um, even when a writer pulls out a, a, a great um, performance. Yeah. And like I said, Gary Oldman is, is fantastic, I think. And he just he just absolutely disappears into this character. Yeah. And the the work with light and shadow and stuff and some of the more subtle things they do is just really captivating. Yeah, yeah. And Gary Oldman <clears throat> stands out so much to me because every role he plays, he's a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Like, would you ever compare Dracula to Commissioner Gordon? No. It's like if he was, you know, he was obviously covered in a lot of makeup um, when he was the older version of Dracula, still somewhat recognizable. But if he had hadn't been, it's like. How could you even guess that was the same person? Yeah. Um, and so his his dynamic as a as an actor is just incredible. Um, but yeah, uh, all the all the kind of tricks with light and where it wasn't like overpowering, like you could always believe in any given scene that it was just. I mean, they I think they did have electricity, but a lot of scenes were just lit by candlelight. Um, and it was always believable um, and set just right. Um, you know, this seemed like such a out-of-the-box thing f- to me for for Coppola. Yeah. I mean... It doesn't seem like his normal MO. Yeah. You know, up to this point, um, I mean, he, he'd had had a very illustrious career already um but i mean up to this point he directed things like apocalypse now and the godfather or godfather one and two um actually maybe three was out at this point too but um just really stepping outside of of what we might come to expect from him um at least for me but anyway um yeah, I thought it was really good. Like you said, it's it's not an action-packed thrill ride. You know, it's not like a slasher where you just, it's just like constant death or anything like that. Yeah. But it is, it's, you know, it definitely has its its creep moments, especially the stuff with the shadow where they like tell a story without words, you know. Um, but I think it's, like you said, it's it's a very different kind of storytelling mm-hmm. than a lot of more modern stuff. It's it's not just a lot of like bang, bang, let's get, let's kill everybody yeah. right away. It, but it does, you know, it's creepy and it's something that kind of, uh, you know, digs into your psyche more so. Mm-hmm. 
It's less superficial. Yeah. And um, that's how, what I'm saying is like it, it, how it sticks to the the, the source material so well. Because, um, I mean, that's the exact kind of uh, <clears throat> ambiance that Stoker was creating. Um, and it, it, I like that it didn't pander to kind of modern um, viewing so much, I guess. Like it didn't dumb things down. It stu- like I, I'm telling you, this stuck so closely to the book that you know how they sit, like when you're in school and you need to do a book report or t- or something, and you just watch the movie, and it usually like fucks you over because it's <laughs> very different. I think you could genuinely watch this and get away with it <laughs> instead of reading the book because it's that close. Um, I mean, there might be little nuances that are kind of missed along the way, but nothing that's really detrimental to the story yeah because it all flows really well it's a very long movie um and we all it's two hours long which generally is is a long movie um but it doesn't really hang at any point it doesn't really feel like it which is interesting because there are parts in the book that do um and i think i think if they were to include all the small details of the book um, this probably would have ended up being like a four-hour movie. Yeah. So that's another thing for them to be able to cut it down to two hours and still translate things so well. Um, it's great. Most good. <laughs> um, is anything we'll move out? What do you think? Anything else to say? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, we've this. This was an hour. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. Well. I mean, just as far as Dracula movies go, alone, I think this is like the pinnacle. But this is also very high up on just vampire movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, well acted. You know the, the the sets and the costuming and, and the makeup, everything was so incredible. Um, I think I give this a nine. I think it's worth a nine. Yeah, it could it could have been higher if they had cast someone better as Jonathan Harker. <laughs> well, it's Jonathan Harker, like Brian from Wings. <laughs> you know, he's not a hero. He's, no, he's not. He's kind of a drip. <laughs> um, they they kind of play up his role a little more in this than than was really necessary, I think, because in in the book he's not the hero of the story. <laughs> um, he's just kind of there. <laughs> he's more of a victim than anything, I guess. But anyway, all right. So that's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um. VOD. I don't think there's anywhere you can watch it for free, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think so. I got the Blu-ray, so whatever. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right, well, up next, we're going to talk about Wes Craven's Dracula 2000. If true evil cannot die, is there a chance that it can forever be contained? Passcode decrypted. 
Accessing. Security shutting down. Cracked. For centuries, a secret has been buried beneath the streets of London. You don't build this kind of security without a gold mine to hide. Something ageless. What the hell is that? The Holy Grail, the Golden Fleece, the Crown Jewels, whatever it is, it's inside. Something powerful. Something beyond your deepest fears. What has happened in there? Ease for Thistle. Who? Draculia. Not Miss Israel. I assure you. There are worse things than death. So you haven't told me your name? We're all so much more complicated than our names. So Dracula 2000, I said it's Wes Craven's Dracula 2000. Wes Craven produced it and had nothing else to do with it. But they were like, hey, people know who that is. Let's slap his name on there. Right. Give this thing a little clout. So uh, this movie starts out with Matthew Van Helsing, who is a descendant of Abraham Van Helsing, who, according to him, had nothing to do with Dracula or the vampires, and it was all just made up by Bram Stoker. So this is a little little meta. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, it's, it's interesting that it would exist in a world where... In a world. In a world where the story of Dracula is... Fiction? Fiction. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the, so the Bram Stoker story exists... But kind of the legend is true. It's, yeah. I mean, meta is a... Fuck. Ah, so congested. Meta is, yeah, a a very succinct way of putting it, but never mind. (laughs) All right. Thanks for wasting all our time. Fuck you. So, uh... Fuck you, Spike. MVH, Matthew Van Helsing... He owns this antique shop, which is built over the site of the old Carfax Abbey. And he apparently owns or collects all these antiques that are primarily weaponry and things that would kill vampires if they were real. (laughs) If they were real. If. Wink. (laughs) Um, But so one night, his secretary, Selena, played by... um, Jennifer Esposito from Spin City, who I had it hard for when she was on Spin City. I'll bet. She was fine. Quite. She lets in this group of thieves led by Willie Mays Hayes himself, Omar Epps. (laughs) Oh, that's right. He played him in part two. Part two, right. 
He peed on the blank. God damn it. Uh, other members of this group include uh, Danny Masterson, <laughs> um, who plays Nightshade, apparently. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, guys, have you heard of Scientology? <laughs> and they're like, don't touch me there. <laughs> uh, and Eddie, is that the other guy? I don't know. They don't last long. It, yeah, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. But they're like, hey, this guy owns this... Uh, this um, antique store, he and he's got this vault. So whatever's in that vault must be worth some money because it's locked up like a yeah, dolphin's yeah, butt. It's hole. a vault. <laughs> Tony, it's watertight. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got there. <laughs> so this group of thieves, they come in and they they have all these gadgets and whatnot to open all these vaults. They've got a copy of Van Helsing's eye to use like a retinal scan, just all kinds of stuff to uh, circumvent the security. (laughs) And they get in there and they find nothing. There's a bunch of old furniture, old books, just skulls, antiques and skulls in the wall that Omar Epps just smashes. Yeah. He's like, they're not concerned with that at all. I'd be bothered. Like, why are there skulls everywhere? Well, because, I, I mean, uh, I think it was Omar Epps at one point. It's just like, it's just here there to scare us. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. But then they find this back room. And they go in there, and there's this big silver coffin. And they're like, well, whatever he's got that he's protecting so hard must be inside the coffin. I don't understand this logic. <laughs> I've never once thought anything, but, hey, there's a coffin. There's probably a body inside. Right. I never thought there could be there could be doubloons in there. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Marcus is he's convinced that it's all just a ploy to scare everyone off, and so there must be jewels and riches and things of great value in this coffin. And nobody else is on board. Yeah, but he's uh, actually Selena is like, we're taking the fucking coffin. We're not leaving without it. Right. So get it. And the weird guy from Big Man on or Dead Man on Campus, <laughs> he pushes the coffin off the pedestal, and these giant spikes come down and impale him. <laughs> so like he's all kinds fucking, of dead. Like as a goddamn um, Indiana Jones trap or something. Yeah. And then these other spikes swing down and kill another guy. So what was five is now... Or no, there was six. Now there's four. Seven. Something, yeah. (laughs) There's now less. There's two less. And so they blow a hole in the wall and they bail. They take the coffin with them. The alarm goes off. Van Helsing goes down and he's like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. Because he knows... And we know what's in that coffin. Yeah. But the people that stole it, they don't know. They don't know. They're just stupids. So Van Helsing, he tells his his, uh, his assistant, Simon, he's like, you stay here. His assistant, zero cool. <laughs> he's like, you stay here. I got to go chase down some people. So now they're the thieves are on this plane. They're trying to get this coffin open. Did this remind you of the scene in Monster Squad? 
Not at the time, but now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs> now it does. Danny Masterson's trying to open the coffin. He ends up spiking himself with a crowbar. The blood like seeps into the coffin. That'll happen. And so he looks at one of the crosses on it and he turns it a little bit. And that's the secret key that opens the coffin. All that fucking trouble. <laughs> Do you think um, if you think if they would have been smart enough to figure out how to open it then and there that they would have avoided this whole thing? Probably. Dracula would have would have never escaped. <laughs> they probably still would have escaped. Because they probably would have opened it. They maybe would have taken the cross. That's true. And then they would have probably just left him there. Yeah. They probably would have left the, the coffin wide open. Right. Because they're idiots. <laughs> uh but Dracula sits up, he kills Danny Masterson. The people, world applauds. People, people rejoice. <laughs> uh, then he kills the other guy who might be named Eddie. Doesn't matter. He's dead now. <laughs> he's he's the token black guy from a lot of early 2000s movies. Yeah. <clears throat> um, while all this is going on, off in New Orleans, there's a woman named Mary, and she's having these vivid dreams about Dracula. She doesn't know he's Dracula. She doesn't know who he is, but she's having these extremely vivid dreams, and he's in all of them. Dracula is played by Jerry. Jerry Butler. Jerry Butler. I don't think his accent's even that thick. (laughs) (laughs) And he's definitely not in this. (laughs) Although, like, he does this weird kind of like... Like just weird act. It's like it's it's an accent. It's an accent, but it's not specific. It's like okay, he's doing an accent, but where's that from? Yeah, it's like it's not Scottish. It's not Transylvanian. <laughs> what the fuck is that supposed to be? <laughs> um. Yeah, she keeps having these dreams about him, including like seeing him on the plane. Meanwhile, her roommate, Vitamin C, <laughs> is. Who's named Lucy, by the way? Uh, like the story. Um, <laughs> Life imitates art. She's telling her, hey, if you had a man in your bed, you wouldn't have a man in your head. She's like, you need to get that dick. So again, this is Lucy being very like sexually aware and awakened and whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Um, so Van Helsing arrives in New Orleans somehow he knew that's where they were going uh yeah it doesn't really explain <laughs> how he knows huh but he sees them on the on the news he sees seven of nine reporting on the news <laughs> saying they went to some town called clark or something Is that right clark yeah and so he's like all right clark i'm going to clark <laughs> well i'm going to clark i guess <laughs> um he gets there, finds out Simon followed him, didn't listen. They go into what looks like a gym or some kind it's of fun. or some kind of community center or something. It's supposed to be a town hall. Is that what it is? Yeah, but it's like no other town hall I've ever seen. No. <laughs> but there's body bags everywhere. All right. And Van Helsing starts trying to explain to Simon. He's like, look, vampires are real. These people are all vampires. They're all going to kill all of us. It's like, you know Van Helsing? I'm the guy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they, they come to life. He 
tries to kill Selena, but he can't do it because he loves her. Yeah. But he does stab Willie Mays Hayes in the eye with a cross knife. It's like a cross with a knife. Yeah. The knife comes out of the cross. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I have to explain it to people who can't see it. Because they're stupid. <laughs> uh, what happens next? But yeah, like Tony said, uh, he explains that he actually is Abraham Van Helsing. He's the guy. And he's been staying alive this whole time by drinking Dracula's blood, but filtering it through leeches. Yeah, he's... I don't know if it was at this point in the movie or not, but it kind of shows how um, he captured him initially. He tricked him into going down an alley, and because he doesn't cast a reflection, he managed to come up with this enormous alley-sized mirror, which is just like, (laughs) how did you do that in the late 1800s? It's like, that would have cost a fucking fortune if anybody could have done it in the first place. Yeah. And like... He probably ordered it from Acme. From Acme. (laughs) But it's like, and even back then, like, I don't think glass was just like crystal clear like it is now. Yeah. Like, he, he would have known... But he tricks him with a mirror and... Um, and a cage comes down from the ceiling. Well, he walks into a cage, apparently. But then, like, the wall came down. It was very, like, mousetrappy. Yeah. Um, and then they start sticking him with spears, and one goes through Dracula into Van Helsing's shoulder. And so he actually gets kind of infused with Dracula's blood which starts giving him essentially eternal life. And he's been carrying on with that tradition for centuries. Yeah. And like I said, filtering them, filtering the blood through leeches, which I don't think is a thing. I don't know how that makes sense, but whatever. (laughs) Um, He explains, you know, that Dracula is real. This is, he's, he's out. He's going around. He looks like Gerald Butler. (laughs) Yeah. Um, he's got like long wavy hair. He's very handsome. Doesn't look anything like Gary Oldman. No. I mean, again, this is a very outside the box look for Dracula. Yeah. It's not the prim and proper. Um, it's not really like anything else. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when they show him back in was 1897, um, it does show him you know, walking the streets of London and he's, you know, wearing a very nice suit and he's got the long cape like you would expect of Dracula. Um, but other than that, he's kind of a pretty boy. Yeah. He says, look, he, he hates all things Christian. He hates crosses and, uh, and he, and he hates silver, which is an inherently Christian thing, but right. It's, it's a thing that he doesn't like. Um, Dracula comes to Mary. Uh, <coughs> you you come to find out. I don't. I, I, this is probably going to be completely out of order, but you come to find out that since Van Hels- Mary is actually Van Helsing's daughter, and since he has Dracula's blood running through him, she is part Dracula. Sure, <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's like that's not how science works. 
No, especially the part where she can read Aramaic because Dracula knows Aramaic. Right. I don't know everything my dad knows. That's not a thing. You don't just pass knowledge through blood, through DNA. Well, I mean, if you like look at like Assassin's Creed. And then... <laughs> Let's not use Assassin's Creed as a scientific <laughs> fact. It's genetic memory. Although, it's not genetic. She's, she's not related to, to Dracula. No, she's not. It's like, and you know, if you want to talk about just like science, if... Van Helsing would have gotten Dracula's blood into his bloodstream. His body would have filtered it out, like, almost as quickly as it got in there. Yeah, by this logic, I don't know if Keith Richards has kids, but if he does, they share DNA with, like, 47 people. (laughs) And they can just, like, know everything those people know. (laughs) And they also have a telepathic link to them. Yeah. Because that happens in this. Naturally. Dracula just finds Mary... And he says, you know, I've been I've been wandering this planet in this country looking for someone who was born, not bitten. Yeah. Whatever. For what? He doesn't say. He's yeah, just, just, I just want to I just want to hang out. I just want to have a relationship <laughs> with you. Like <laughs> Can we just go get a coffee and talk? Maybe we can have a have a catch. <laughs> um, but no, he he turns her into a vampire. On a roof in front of a giant neon Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because, like, in all the other Dracula movies, he just looks at a cross and goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's something that kind of um, varies in, you know, it, it's a tradition as far as, you know, whether or not vampires or Dracula are really averted by crosses. Um, I mean, obviously, in... In Bram Stoker's Dracula, it was very prominent. In the book Dracula, it was. Um, but other versions of it, it kind of fluctuates. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, obviously in this, which is probably just bad storytelling, <laughs> it the crosses did keep him restrained in that coffin. Yeah. Like he had that, that cross on his dick, and he had crosses <laughs> on that man in the iron mask thing he was wearing. And crosses on the, uh, like, all over the coffin. And then, like, there were two big doors that he was, like, his crypt was behind that was blocked by one big giant cross. Wooden cross. So clearly crosses had some kind of effect. Why this giant one that he was standing about five feet away from had no effect. With with a cartoon Jesus looking down on him. (laughs) Yeah. I think uh, the writer somewhere along the lines just like forgot. <laughs> well, I'll get to that in a, in a few minutes. But um, yeah, and then there's you know the this film's version of the three succubi is uh, uh, Selena, vitamin C, and seven of nine. <laughs> and when I say vitamin C, I'm talking about yeah the the singer yeah like, as we go mm-hmm. on. She started singing that yeah we remember like as she was being slaughtered. Yeah, it like gets stuck in your head and it's just torture. <laughs> um, uh, and seven of nine, yeah. Um, they're the three succubi in this one. <coughs> His three brides, if you will. And it's, they, but it's like common law. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're actually married. Yeah, if you turn someone into a vampire, then by law you're married. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
Dracula kills Van Helsing by throwing him into a mirror. Like, he'd probably be okay. Like, I know he's really old. No, he killed him. He put him under that. He was under a bed, which didn't make sense to me. But then he put a fucking flagpole through his chest. I somehow missed that. I just saw him throw him into the mirror, and then I never saw Van Helsing again. I mean, yeah. Like, when Mary comes... I mean, not that there was a lot going on, but you did skip over quite a bit of the movie. <laughs> did uh, I watch like a weird edited version or something? Yeah, Mary comes and she, f- uh, oh, because it was at her house, wasn't it? Yeah, her apartment. Yeah, and she goes and she sees the mirror shattered and all the Aramaic written, and she goes upstairs and finds her room in, in disarray. I remember all this. And she sees the big flagpole sticking into her bed. And she, she gets down and looks underneath it, and there's Christopher Plummer, who's playing Van Helsing, by the way. Um, uh, with a, with the flagpole went through his chest. I don't know if that's necessarily what killed him, but he definitely had a flagpole through his chest. Wow. Yeah, that I was, either I turned away at that moment, or I watched some version that cut that part out. Oh, well. Okay. So, well, then Van Helsing, he, he's dead. Yeah. He good and dead. So it's pretty much up to Simon and Mary at this point. Mary has has been turned. So it's kind of up, just up to Simon. Who has really no idea what's going on. No. Uh, but he has this gun that shoots like spikes, like railroad spikes. Yeah, made of silver. It kind of looks like something out of the Van Helsing movie with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, it doesn't work real well. Because no. he has to unload like seven of them into one vampire to kill him. Right. But it does have a nice trusty blade that comes out the back end. Yeah, with a completely awkward handle to hold on to. Yeah, it's like this big. Yeah. You gotta have like a fucking mutant hand to hold that goddamn thing. Or like hold it like this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not conducive to stabbing anybody. No. You're not chopping off anybody's head like that. No. Get out of here. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Uh, but Simon kills seven of nine. He takes a cross. Again, they're like in this patio area in new orleans on mardi gras after we see all the women show their tits yeah and they they vitamin c shows her tits by the way who vitamin c oh yeah which you know it's like i can remember thinking vitamin c was super hot back in the day Mm -hmm. and then i saw this movie it's just like oh my god you didn't take over top (laughs) and then i saw it it's just like all right That was cool. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, I'm... thanks. I, mean... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> but no, the, the, the three succubi lure him to this clearing, this patio, whatever the hell it is, and there's crosses everywhere, and they are not affected at all. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it's weird that the lower-level vampires don't seem to have a problem with the crosses. No. And... Fucking Omar Epps at one point, like he's going up against uh, um, uh, Simon. Yeah, Simon. And I keep wanting to call him Zero Cool <laughs> for Packers. Yeah. Um, or Sherlock Holmes. They played it around elementary. Uh, anyway, um, what was he saying? Omar Epps. Oh, yeah, yeah. He like, he jumps onto Simon and Simon picks up a cross and like puts it in his face. He's like, Sorry, I'm atheist. It's like, no, no, no. 
That's not how that works. <laughs> but then he stabbed him in the eye. Right. Because fuck him. Yeah. Because it was it was it was the cross knife. Yeah. <laughs> then Omar Epps comes back and you see his eyes all like wonky. It doesn't look like stabbed. It's just different colors now. Yeah. And he's like eye for an eye, man. And he tries to stick his finger in his eye or just take his eye or something. He doesn't really try to do anything to his eye. I, I don't know why he says that. I just, he's just talking. Yeah. But then Simon cuts off his head with the weird handle knife. Right. Uh, all right. So back to the clearing <laughs> with the succubi. Uh, Simon takes a cross and he's like, ah, and seven of nine, back, is like, back. Seven, seven of nine is like, what, whatever. That, that's, that's nothing. I don't care. She literally just like slaps it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So he just breaks it and then stabs her right between the tits with it. Yeah. It's like, you had that coming. So no more seven of nine. Um, Simon does get captured by vitamin C and Selena. When she starts singing that fucking song. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. Just kill me. Um, they take him up to the roof where Dracula and Mary are. Yeah. And Dracula's like, I want you to bite him and turn him into one of us. And so you think she does. But she doesn't. She doesn't do it. She gives him the old fake out. <laughs> <laughs> but there was blood dripping from her lips. Did she like bite her own tongue she or something? Her, she bit her own lip. And it, is that what and it happened? Started bleeding and then she kind of smeared it all over his neck, which is gross. It's icky. That's how you get bloodborne. Blood bloodborne. Blood, <laughs> bloodborne diseases. Like AIDS. I mean, did everybody forget about AIDS? That's still a thing. Yeah, this was 2000. Like... It's not like AIDS was new. It's yeah. been around for like 20 years. Then like vitamin C like goes to wipe her mouth and I was just like, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Right. Um, Dracula, at this point, or I think this was, might have been earlier. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. <laughs> <laughs> he explains to Mary that, surprise, I'm Judas from the Bible. You know, Judas. The Judas. <laughs> the one that Chris Jericho sang about. That's me. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's why you don't like all the Jesus stuff. <laughs> because of the guilt. For 2,000 years. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I remember when And this... he doesn't like silver because he got paid in silver for yeah, betraying Jesus. You know, the 30 pieces yeah. of the silver. It just doesn't seem like enough to... To betray Jesus. Well, I mean, he was poor. Still. All of the apostles that's are like poor men. But you're going to betray Jesus for a warm sandwich? <laughs> Come on, man. I think 30 pieces of it's silver Jesus. was quite a bit back then. You could have held out for so much more. You could have held out for 20 pieces of gold. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Doubloons. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, Mary kills vitamin C, cuts off her head. <laughs> Simon and I love how it's like her best friend, and she just with just, zero just like consideration. Yeah. She's like, What? <laughs> uh, Simon and Selena they battle it out until eventually Simon cuts off her head with uh gardening shears. Yeah, I like how he, like, he puts them around her neck, and he, she's like, Wait, and he's like, Make it good. Yeah, and she's like, You and me, nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, da, 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 da. Um, Jesus, very upset at Mary's betrayal. Some guys for Jesus? Not Jesus, Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula, upset at Mary's betrayal, throws her into the neon Jesus, which is a great band name. There's not a band called Neon Jesus. Somebody's missing out. It sounds really familiar. It does, right? It sounds like something. It's got to be something. Uh, he throws her into the neon Jesus. She ends up taking the power cord, wraps it around his neck. Oh, by the way, when he was Judas, he tried to hang himself and he couldn't. And that's why God punished him by be- making him a vampire. Right. So she wraps this cable around his neck, jumps off the building. He ends up hanging just like he always wanted. And that's how Dracula dies in this one. Well, the sun comes up and then he yeah. gets caught on fire. And as he's sitting there strangling because, you know, he's a superhuman, he's, he's fucking a vampire with superhuman strength and he's just sitting there dangling at the end of a wire. Um, suddenly, like, suddenly he wants to die. And like, this is like Mary was saying, have you tried asking for forgiveness? She's like, and he's like, from him? Yeah. <laughs> Why would I ever go back to him? And then he gets hung from this wire and then he's like. All right, well, maybe that's fine now. And he looks up and he sees the face of neon Jesus. Right, Jesus just looking at him with contempt. Yeah. It's like, you fucker. And this then, is what you get. He's sitting there strangling, and he's like, I release you. And then she doesn't, she's not a vampire anymore. Or I, is she? Because when you're a vampire, you have red eyes. That's how you know you're a vampire. Right. And so her eyes go from vampire to white to regular. Yeah, for some reason. And then at the end, you see her like standing on the roof of a building like Batman or <laughs> Darkwing Duck or something, just being like, I am the daughter of Abraham Van Helsing. I'm the That's protector. all I am and all I'll ever be. I am the terror that flaps in the night. <laughs> <laughs> and then her eyes turn weird colors, not vampire colors, but just weird. And then it's over and it's thankful. <laughs> I remember thinking this movie was so badass when it came out. I remember thinking this movie was so bad and ass when it came out, <laughs> and I still do. I, I I thought the whole Judas thing was so fucking clever back in 2000, so this was, I was uh, 15. Um, yeah, I'm like, that is really fucking smart. <laughs> and now, looking back, like, I don't think I watched it in several years i mean i've watched it many times since i saw it in the theater but i haven't watched it now since this morning um or i mean before this morning i hadn't watched it in i don't i don't even know how long years um and it's like i knew the judas thing was coming and then when they did the big reveal it's like huh (laughs) that's fucking stupid (laughs) It's like, why do they twist the legend of Dracula to fit that stupid fucking mythology? <laughs> like, yeah, he's Judas, so he turned into a vampire. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. Uh, so this was written by Joel Soisson. Soy sauce. Uh, Swasson. Uh, Harvey Weinstein Uh-oh. bought the script solely for the name. <laughs> 
Like Dracula 2000. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, I definitely couldn't have come up with that on my own. <laughs> um, but he thought that the the script sucked. Quote sucked. Yeah. Uh, so he brought in. Uh, Get it like vampire suck. It's yeah, suck yeah. Blood. He brought in Scott Derrickson to rewrite it. Who, if that name sounds familiar. Uh, he wrote and directed a, lo- a lot of horror movies, um, you know, like Urban Legends 2, Hellraiser Inferno, um, Scream 4, Sinister, Deliver Us From Evil, The Poltergeist Remake. So just a lot of bad movies. <laughs> uh, and then he also directed both of the Doctor Strange movies. Right. So he brought him in to just rewrite the whole fucking thing and i don't that didn't get any better yeah <laughs> like i mean i i'm almost curious to see what the original script looked like yeah really um but let's see what did joel swasson do um this movie has been pretty much shit on by everyone yeah your boys included <laughs> <laughs> not good um but my favorite quote was of all the indignities to have been visited upon dracula during the past century including being the inspiration for a serial and a sesame street character and being lampooned by mel brooks none is more unsettling than what has happened to the world's most famous vampire in dracula 2000 see i think that's a little harsh that is a little harsh (laughs) i just love that quote um this is definitely not a good movie, but it's not the worst movie. It's not a disaster. Like it's not like groan inducing. Yeah, for the most part. And especially at the end when it just falls apart. Uh it's it's more or less a pretty competent Dracula movie. I mean, it's a little kind of It's very 2000s. Oh, yeah, especially the fucking shitty soundtrack. Oh, yeah, you got Linkin Park, Power Man 5000, System of a Down, (laughs) Disturbed. It's like, you remember all those shitty bands from the early 2000s? Yeah, they're all in here. Surprising Mudvayne wasn't there. (laughs) All the bands that could do themes for Raw. (laughs) (laughs) There are probably people listening. I got to her, the girl. There are probably people listening right now. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fucking deaf to rock. I'd like disturbed. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but like, it fits in with all those, like, I know what you did last summer and Urban Legend and like those kind of movie, those kind of horror movies. Yeah. Where it's like, it's not super gory. You know, yeah, you've got some decapitations and some vampire bites and stuff, but there's not a whole lot of like guts. And there's not a whole lot of gore. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there is a decent amount of death, but it's, it's not like a over the top gore fest kind of death. Yeah. Yeah. It takes place primarily in uh, New Orleans and it was actually filmed there, at least for the most part. Cause I mean, there are places there that I actually recognized. Yeah. Um, and, um, I don't know why. I don't know why it was in New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans has a very deep, like, vampire lore. But but they didn't really use it. That, that's true. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, I was just going to say that. It's like it could you could have put the movie anywhere, and it would have been the same. Because yeah. there, there was the... New Orleans in itself is... Or it, it's a character. 
Like you, you put you put a movie or a TV show or something in New Orleans, and New Orleans, like the city itself, becomes a character. And they didn't really utilize that no. like, at all. <laughs> like aside from you know Mardi Gras, yeah, this could have been set in like Portland, sure, and it would have been the same movie, yeah, or like somewhere more recognizable or attainable, like L.A. or New York LA. or all. Um, or New York or something. It's like, it would have been equally as effective. Yeah. And, you know, doing it in like New York probably would have made more sense considering the original story took place in London. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with such like a rich history of vampires and voodoo and all that stuff, you'd think that that would have come into play if you're going to set the movie in New Orleans. Yeah. And yeah, none of it did. Yeah. I mean, like the only part that really, like incorporated something about New Orleans and its kind of flair is the scene in the cemetery in Lafayette. Yeah. Um. But other than that, it's like, yeah, this could have been fucking anywhere. Yeah. It's like, you know, you could have had Mary working at something like, you know, like uh, I don't know, voodoo shop is a little, a little much, but I don't know, something New Orleans esque. Yeah. But she worked at the fucking Virgin Superstore, <laughs> which must not be there anymore. Oh, I highly doubt it. Um, I did think it was funny when Dracula went in there and Vitamin C was like, if you have questions about music, I could help you. Because uh-huh. yeah, she's a singer. Uh-huh. She's like, I wrote my own song. Want to hear it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, somehow this movie spawned two sequels. Yeah. Have you seen either of them? Yeah. Why? I don't. Like I said, <laughs> back in the day, I thought this movie kind of kicked ass. But um, <clears throat> they went direct to video. Yeah. Ascension and Legacy. Yeah, Ascension was weird. Um, it had almost nothing to do with this one. Like Ascension and um, the what was the one after it Legacy. Legacy. Um, they actually followed pretty close with each other, but. From this to Ascension, like, it had almost nothing to do with each other. Like, Well, they, they were both written by Joel... How do you say it? Swasson? I think it's Swasson. Yeah. They were both written by him, so maybe these were closer to his original script. Um, Considering this apparently got completely rewritten. Right. So, basically, it picks up at the end of the original, and these people who... Even though Dracula has only been in New Orleans for like a couple days, <laughs> and probably nobody knew about it, um, these scientists go and take his body. Like his body's been, you know, roasted. It's a it's a smoldering corpse at this point, um, and they take it from the morgue where it's been taken. And just- wait a minute, Mary took the ashes, put them in the coffin, and took them back to Van Helsing's place. She said she would be the keeper of the ashes forever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to tell you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they take him into like this old abandoned warehouse and want to study him just to try and figure out uh, immortality. And uh, it's dumb. It sounds dumb. <laughs> uh and you know, like different guy plays Dracula. I, I figured they play the, play it off. They're like, 
Well, every time he regenerates, he has a different face. Oh, God. Get like, the fuck out of here. But no, that's not how it worked in the first one. He had the same fucking face. Stephen Billington. <laughs> um, and then, then in the third one, uh, he regenerates again, and then he's fucking Rutger Hauer. Jason London, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he's Rutger Hauer in the third one? Yep. R.I.P. One Love. Anyway, so that's, uh, yeah, that's Dracula 2000. It sucks. It's not, it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's not terrible. No, it's, like I said, it's not like groan-inducing where you're just watching it going, oh, the Judas thing, you kind of go, oh, fucking really? <laughs> but other than that, like, as you're watching it, you're like, oh, that was painful, that was dumb, that was terrible to watch. But yeah. overall, the movie is just not great. Yeah. Um, I think probably four. Hmm. No, can't do it. Three. <laughs> it's like everybody was fine. I mean, like the acting, except for Omar. Omar Epps, he was terrible. I don't know what it was. He's usually fine, but he's, he's very over the top. Um, it's like, all right, Omar, you need to play a vampire. It's like, all right, boss, I got it. And he just like goes way over the top. Yeah. Like we said, Wes Craven produced this, but, uh, yeah, Patrick Lustier is the director. He, he has a very exciting resume. <laughs> is it this and the two sequels? <laughs> it's this and the two sequels. And then he did the sequel, the white noise. Oh God. Then he did Drive Angry, and he did an episode of Scream, and then he did one of the Into the Darks. Um, yeah. Oh, and he directed My Bloody Valentine 3D, which wasn't terrible. That wasn't bad. So, I mean, every everybody has a win once in a while. I mean, I see why they picked him. He previously directed The Prophecy 3. So. Naturally. And he wrote Terminator Genesis. So, <laughs> all right, that's um, gonna do it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? I don't know. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> uh, no, this has been Week of the Vampire. Uh, had a good time. Good start. This was a much longer episode than I was expecting. Yeah, this is almost a full episode. <laughs> well, you know, it's like a like a better value, <laughs> or not. Whatever. Take your pick. I don't care. Episode's coming out one way or the other. <laughs> uh, we're going to be back next week with a brand spanking new episode. It's going to be a full-length one uh, where we got in our horror business and what uh, week of... The zombie. The zom- Oh, yeah. It's going to be our six-year anniversary show, guys. Yeah. Six years we've been doing this shit. And we haven't gotten any better at it. <laughs> at least I haven't. Tony still forgets to record half the time. Yeah. (laughs) But I did it this time. Uh, Taylor. Yeah. Tell us about that internet stuff. Uh, Well, the best place to find us is at graveplotpodcast.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast player, as long as it's not Spotify. Man, this girl at work, she she was like, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, oh, I'm doing my podcast. She's like, oh, you have a podcast? Is it on Spotify? God damn. No, it's on fucking Spotify. 
Um, yeah, rate, review, and subscribe. Send us an email. Show us that you did. We'll send you some free stuff. Who doesn't like free stuff? Uh, apparently, a lot of people. Apparently, nobody <laughs> nobody wants to rate, review, and subscribe. Maybe they're just like, I don't know. If we give them a shitty review, they probably won't send us free stuff. So. <laughs> um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast. Follow us on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And if you want to con- contribute to the show monetarily in exchange for exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Yeah. For $100, Taylor's going to get a fat unicorn slapped on that ass. Yep, with a tattoo gun, not just like it's not like someone slapping me on my ass until it makes the shape of a <laughs> And he's gonna get it in the style of old style Japanese art. With, with the with the single needle. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that at all. Uh, okay. So back next week, guys. Till then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs> <laughs>